This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 KYNO. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. Fifteen years ago, the Fresno Association of Realtors came up with this show with the idea that we need to educate our our constituents out there. We need to um, educate the public so that we don't make mistakes like we did in the past. Fifteen years ago, Fresno was in the top ten in the nation as far as foreclosures. And one of the things that our, well, one of our goals is to educate the public so that we don't make mistakes. We don't do five, six, seven cash out refis right in a row and live beyond our means. Um, Protect your home, take care of it. And that means protecting your equity also. It means um, uh, having pride in your home. And that's something that Every once in a while, we have the kids on the show uh, with the Homewards Essay Contest, and they all teach us adults what a home is really all about. All right. So to help me today, we have here in the studio Alex Salazar of the Salazar Group, powered by Remax Gold. Good morning. Good morning, Don. How are you doing? Doing good. And you're also the Region 12 Chair for the California Association of Realtors. Yes, sir. What, what does that mean? So region, region chair means I'm in charge of the region or I'm the leader of the region. I go directly to the California Association of Realtors, but I represent realtors from Madera County all the way down to Bakersfield and everybody in between. That means affiliates and all those kind of things. So all of those real estate issues, they come to uh, the region and then I can share that with the executive to me at California Association of Realtors. Gee, must be an easy job. I can't imagine having issues. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, a little sarcasm there. <laughs> All right. Also here in the studio this morning, we have Jason Cortez of Herbitech Development. Good morning. Good morning, Don. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for coming in because you're going to help shed some light on a very, well, something I have a lot of questions on, very curious about, and that's a thing called ADUs. Yes, accessory dwelling units. Uh, everyone here in Fresno calls them granny flats or casitas or the extra house in the back. But uh, I'm coming uh, here in the Central Valley to try to shed some light on education on them and try to spread spread awareness of their benefits as well. Okay, and whether it's right for you or not right for you individually to have an ADU, at least you can shed some light. So we have information. Yes, exactly. And, and that's what I'm after today. And then. Fortunately, our other guest, Alex, has a little experience with ADUs also. That's right. So, man, I'm going to learn a lot today. (laughs) All right. First of all, um, in the beginning of the show, I like to kind of get into the market update and where where things are going. Alex, give us your take on how is the real estate housing market doing today in September of 2023? Well, a few... Uh, answers to that. So if you're a homeowner, I think it's doing pretty good for you because home values have stayed up, right? Um, And that means that we probably have some equity. Even if you bought the home, say during COVID, you probably have a pretty good amount of equity. 
And if you have bought the house before COVID, well, you have probably a ton of equity in the home. So that's very good, right? Um, however, there are some people who just can't or don't want to leave their 3% or lower interest rates and move into a 7% interest rate. That's a challenge and that creates a housing shortage, not enough houses for sale. People want to move, but they can't afford to move or they don't want to leave their lower interest rate into a higher one. So that's one. Second one is we still have people who want to and need to buy a home, whether that's they need to combine households, right? Need to move mom and dad in, right? They're getting older or whatever it might be, or they're downsizing because the kids graduated and they're going off to college. Whatever reason, they still need to buy or they need to they want to buy a home, but they can't afford a high interest rate. Mm -hmm. So, or they can afford the payment, but that means that their purchase price is way low. Combined, you know, the power of purchase, the purchase price with interest rates and housing shortage, um, that's what's happening right now in the market, okay? Uh, but it, people are still buying and selling um, mm -hmm. and still pretty close to at asking price, if not more, but it's not as crazy as it was in the last two or three years. And I think it's still a pretty good time to buy. <clears throat> you know, earlier in the week, a friend said, how's the housing market doing right now? But he said, Give me a one-minute answer because uh, I, I don't want, you know, I don't want a long answer. And he's not in real estate, so yeah. I can understand. Plus, he thinks I talk too much. So <laughs> <laughs> he was setting the bookends there for me. I said, all in all, home prices are stable, just mm -hmm. like you said. Mm -hmm. Supply and demand has been a major effect on that. Right. However, the big difference between this year and last year is the amount of s transactions taking place are considerably lower. Right. Maybe about a quarter of a percent lower. So I ended it with, so you gotta feel sorry for us brokers. <laughs> <laughs> is that a fair assumption? It's very and, fair. You know, the number of sales are down, what, 20%, I think, in the last wow. year, right? But they were significantly up from the beginning of COVID to about, just about last year. I think it was May or June when the Fed started raising interest rates and mm. yeah, it's impacted the number of transactions actually happening. Okay, Jason, how do you see this from your side of the field? Yeah, yeah, I love that uh, Alex brought that up because when you asked, that's where my mind went. And I've been seeing that all day, every day, uh, even here in Fresno. Now our company at Urbitech covers the entire state of California. so. I'm very busy going to San Diego or San Francisco on any given week. Uh, but one thing that I was looking to do by spreading awareness of who we are here in the Central Valley is so that I could have people being uh, having ADUs built here in our own backyard. Now, I can tell you one thing I've experienced, a lot more people would be building this, these right now if the interest rates were not so high. And, and I meet a lot of clients that tell me the same thing. Like, Jason, I want it to make sense, but at 10%, at 9% for that HELOC, we, I just can't do it. And yeah, it ties in. So everything that Alex is saying that goes on on the realtor side of things, it happens for a builder as well. All right, so rates ha have uh, maybe driven your transactions down? Yes, yes. And, okay. and you know, one thing I do wanna tell everybody that I've told some of my clients, uh, and I'm sure that we've seen this uh, on the realtor side as well, is that, uh, you know, it's better to do it now than wait and think that prices are going to go down in a few years because you're losing money by not doing it now as opposed to two, three, four, five years from now uh, because we haven't seen gas go down to what it used to be. So I would never expect for the rates to go down to two, three percent again. Mm -hmm. in, in all fairness, 
now this comes from the book I wrote called Donomics. <laughs> okay, I didn't really write the book, but but I think that interest is we we tend to think two and three percent was normal mm -hmm. because it was for like two years, three years, but that was abnormal. In fact, that was artificially held down by the right. Federal Reserve right. mm -hmm. to spur development, and they overspurred it. <laughs> yeah. And we're still feeling that impact right now, and that's why we have inflation. There's still tons of COVID money, air quote, COVID money out there, which doesn't mean necessarily mean that was government handout, but that they made the economy, like you said, interest rates so low, spurring all of that you know, economic growth, that it's still lingering. That's why we have inflation. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, all right. So when it comes to an ADU, an accessory dwelling unit, mm -hmm. um, what, what what's the biggest benefit to having one in your yard? It depends who you're asking, I guess you could say, because I talk to people uh, every day and some are investors that are just looking for a return of investment. So all they care about is the brass tax and what's the bottom dollar. Um, and then the other side to that is I meet people every day that are building this for their kids to be able to afford living in San Francisco and be a teacher at the same time. Uh, you know, someone that has a child that is sick now and they need housing and they're looking to relieve that and have them closer to home now by building an ADU in their backyard. And this is going on across the state. So every day when I get a call, I don't know whether I'm going to be talking numbers or if I'm going to be talking reasons. So that's mm -hmm. a great, great question to me, uh, because like I said, I deal with two sides of that coin. I like that. You're either talking numbers or you're talking reasons. Yes. That sounds like a realtor, too. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we do that, right? Yeah. We talk either numbers or reasons, reasons why we want to buy or why we need to sell, mm -hmm. whatever it might be. Yeah, numbers or reasons, that's pretty good. I Explain that, that a little more. I, you know, okay, for all our listeners out there, as soon as Jason said that, both Alex and I started writing it <laughs> yeah. in our notes. It's a good, it's a good one. Yeah. yeah, it's true, it's true. Numbers or reasons? Numbers or reasons. Yeah. All right. Alex, tell us how that applies in real estate sales. Well, you know, as a salesperson, I have to be, I, I tell my team, we have to be, um, um, you know, just kind of open to all kinds of uh, different reasons why people want to buy or sell. Some people are number people, right? And some people are reasons. And they don't want to, they don't necessarily pay, pay attention to interest rates. They just need to buy a home. Like you said, mm -hmm. it's the kid or it's, I need 100%. to move in my my parents into the house i have a reason i need to buy this house help me figure it out other people like you said like i said are numbers it needs to make sense you know four thousand dollar monthly mortgage doesn't make any sense right mm -hmm. how can i save how can i save four hundred dollars right or five hundred dollars on that payment can i do i offer less right or is there a buy down to do or is there something else to do there's numbers there so we have to i i really like it because it's really numbers or reasons and that so eloquently articulates okay. that their people are different. Yeah. Yeah. Some people, uh, you can give them all the numbers and it just goes in one ear and out the other ear. Yep. What they're looking for is a reason to do it. Maybe yeah. the numbers can back it up. Yeah. But maybe it's a non-number, non-numerical reason. Like, hey, I want to give stability to my family. Right. Mm -hmm. All right. That was a good one. I'm, I'm gonna, good. Thank you. Right Thank there. you. Yeah. All right. I'm going to keep that one around. <laughs> uh, when we get back from the uh, 
commercial break, I want to talk about how ADUs came around because I think 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, ADUs were not, nobody knew what they were. Yep, yep. So, all right, when we get back, uh, we're going to find out more about ADUs. So stay tuned. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on the show where all year long we play that intro music, September. But this is the one month where it really applies. <laughs> all right. So here in the studio helping us out today, we have Jason Cortez of Herbitech Development. Um, they build, design and build accessory dwelling units. Mm -hmm. And then we also have Alex Salazar, realtor and team leader with the Salazar Group, powered by uh, Remax Gold. So let's, in the first segment, we touched on ADUs. Let's dive deep into it now. Um, so an accessory dwelling unit 10 years ago, even, mm. nobody really knew what they were. Maybe yeah. somebody called it a, you said a granny flat. Yeah. Um, all right. So how did they become so popular well uh, I think there's a lot of reasons why uh, people have been looking into these before for a long time and I've heard that from my clients that have been thinking about building and they, they know that now they have an actual term there's actual uh, grant out that's available to the public in order for them to build it that helps with 40,000 of cost uh, you know besides that another big reason to me is the housing crisis and uh, we can dive into that a little later on too. Uh, but for a, a multitude of reasons to me is really why it's gotten so much more uh, popular. And I see it getting more popular in the cities with less space, such as the Bay Area, San Diego, Los Angeles area. That's what really keeps me busy. <laughs> okay, so I'm glad you brought that up because mm -hmm. earlier in the show when you mentioned you, you go throughout the state. Yes. How is the central... How is the Central Valley compared to the more urban areas? Oh, great question. So the biggest differential, I can tell you now, cost of living. So what I deal with with uh, clients in Long Beach that have a property that it costs 800000 to a million dollars is a way different conversation that I'm having with someone here in Fresno where their property is worth 200000 And now they're looking at me saying, Jason, is it worth it to really build something that's half the cost of my property or almost the same cost of my property? Why wouldn't I just go buy another house? Well, you know, you get that ease of access to your own backyard and other buildings. So if this were for a family member, it only makes sense instead of going to buy another property. But another thing I like to bring up is it's a new building. You know, it's like comparing a used car to a new car for the same price. It's a no brainer when you're buying a vehicle, but somehow when it comes to housing, it's a it's a harder conversation I'm having. Okay, yeah, and, and that's something I didn't think about. It mm -hmm. is a brand new building. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, I see the city of Fresno has, uh, they're really promoting it because yes. you can go to their website and they have pre-approved plans on there. 100%, yeah, and I've dealt with those. <laughs> I have a pretty good experience with them already. I haven't built one yet here in Fresno, so if you're hearing this and you would love to make uh, my, make it the first, please call me. Uh, <laughs> but yes, uh, I, I am excited to get one built. I have seen the pre-approved plans from Fresno, and they are very nice. They have multiple styles. It just obviously comes down to who can build it and is it worth it for you. So, um, okay, 
how much if you use one of those pre-approved plans mm-hmm. and you're building in the city of Fresno, mm-hmm. how much money do you save? I, I guess you're saving some because you don't need uh, an architect. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need an architect. You don't need a, a structural engineer. You don't need any of the draft planner, nothing like that. It, it kind of the biggest saving you're getting there is not money. It's time because Ah, yeah yeah, seriously it's a big difference uh and i tell everybody that that's actually looking into it right now i can promise clients and that's for our design uh i can promise clients an eight to 12 month expectancy for for a to z all the way to complete so if they sign up today they start today doing design in 12 months from now their house will be built and they can move in and um, their adu will be built i should say but with the pre-approved plans, we can cut that down dramatically because design is about two months worth of time and permitting can take three to four months to get the permit in hand. So that's six months of permitting process and design included and then six months to build. So if we can cut 50% off of that time with the pre-approved plan, it's a no-brainer for people that want to move in faster. So half a year mm-hmm. to go without a shovel being put in the ground. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And, and people wonder why brand new homes are so expensive. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. There's all that. Um, how about? I, I guess may, maybe the tricky part is where you place it, so that you can uh, connect to sewer, mm-hmm. water, mm-hmm. power. All that matters. So I get a lot of calls, and the first question I hear because people get groomed to it is, "How much do you charge per square foot?" Uh, and before I've even introduced myself, they, they're asking me uh, how much do I charge per square foot. But, you know, I don't take it personally. I know that that's what they've heard from a lot of contractors. So I like to educate them on what we do. And usually I just ask them simple questions like, are we looking to split the sewer? Are we going to put solar? Is there fire sprinklers? What are we doing here? Is it on a flat landscape? Is it on a hillside? So all those things really matter in regards to the price. But at the end of the day, I tell everyone, if you're really interested in looking at it, it's better off to just get a quote and find out what the real possibility is on your property. But the location of them, anywhere is really possible. I've seen above the garage. I've seen garage conversions. Something that builders actually do for multiple homes is place an ADU inside, which is really cool. I've seen that a lot in multi-generational living. Uh, mom can't go upstairs anymore to use the restroom. Uh, they build her an ADU on her room, and it has a kitchen, a restroom, shower, everything. So that's really interesting. I like that as well. Yeah, I I remember back in the old days uh, <laughs> when when a in-law quarter was just that fourth bedroom, third bath <laughs> on the other side of the house. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now True. and now they call them ADUs. Of course now, so. You're saying they can be attached to the main unit or yeah, a separate yeah. one. So detached. there's ways to move uh, to get around what you said of placement. Is there is there room for it anywhere? Uh, you we can attach it. We can build it above the house. There's so many ways to try to make it happen. All it takes is investigating a little bit and me calling the planning and building department to bother them a bit. Okay. Yeah. So uh, maybe another way to put this. This is home sharing. Yes. So. And the question is, do you want to share the building or just share the property? Mm -hmm. So if you're sharing just the property, it would be a detached unit Mm -hmm. uh, where somebody has their access. Maybe they walk along the side of the property to to get access to Mm -hmm. that second unit. So um, are there setback requirements on that? 
Yes. So if we're doing a detach, things to keep in mind that everyone usually knows is the property line setbacks, which is about four feet most of the time. Another one that I tell people to really keep into consideration is building separation. Sometimes that ranges from six to 10 feet. So if you have to stay 10 feet away from the building and four from the back lot, it cuts down on square footage. So how can we get around that? We can attach it to the main building, but it doesn't have to actually have an entrance shared. So I can just share a wall basically. Mm-hmm. So that's a way to get past that as well. Can't Are these only for family members I mean, to, to get a permit? Mm-hmm. Do you have to prove that it's part of the family? Because I know that that's used to question. be the case many years ago mm-hmm. when you went to the county and you say, hey, I've got 20 acres here. I want to subdivide one acre to um, uh, put my parents on. You had to prove that it was family. Well, yeah, I did not know that, you know. Uh, What we run into that's somewhat like that is called owner occupancy, where if you build an ADU, you're fine. You don't need to abide by that rule. But if you build in like an ADU and a junior ADU, which is usually within the building envelope, the junior or the main or the, the detached ADU, one of the three needs to be occupied by the homeowner. Sometimes the homeowner moves into the junior, which is the smallest one, and they rent out the big main house and they rent out the detached ADU to make the most profit. So that can happen too. Yeah, that can happen too. Alex, are you thinking what I'm thinking? And that is that as people get older, this might be a good strategic plan. Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, I am a ADU uh, certified expert. And so we host monthly ADU uh, seminars at my office. And we talk about that. We talk about that you have to, you can't be an investor and do a junior ADU mm-hmm. uh, to the existing structure. For us in Madera, it's mostly like a garage conversion, for example. Mm-hmm. It's not possible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you can be a homeowner and let's just say, you know, an elderly person has a big 2,000 square foot, four bedroom house, doesn't need all the space, but doesn't mm-hmm. want to move either because of income and all that kind of stuff. Well, maybe there might be some investment there where we can do convert the garage into a junior ADU. There's plenty of space for the new for the the original owner. Rent out the larger part, right, and then even build the second one, like you said. So I think that's really smart. All right. So um, I think we're adding a third category yeah. of uh, <laughs> of homes here. We've had home ownership, rentals, yes. and now sharing also. But you can share the as you said, the envelope of the home, yes. or you can place it outside. But if you place it outside, what if the neighbors complain? Can <laughs> I, they? I've heard that, and the only way that they can complain is if it's an unpermitted structure, and they realize someone's going in the backyard on a daily basis, they have all the right to, because one, uh, as a homeowner, you're running the risk of you know that person getting hurt in an unpermitted structure, and you can get sued. Um, but you know, if it's a permitted structure, unfortunately, they have no say in what you do with your extra unit. And I've seen that before. Unfortunately, what I'd like to tell those people is, you know, we're helping the the housing crisis. So there's not too much to complain about. At least it's somewhere in a neighborly place where they know the neighbors already and they can rest assured that it's someone that they can see all the time. Well, you know, I think when, so I'm a former planning commissioner for the city of Madera. And we've actually had complaints where, mm-hmm. uh, for instance, there was a two-story structure going up, That's and gone. the neighbor, yeah. for instance, had a pool, right, right 
right where the two-story was gonna, now gonna be built. Yeah. And the neighborhood complaint or the neighbor's complaint was, well, now there's gonna be a window there looking into my pool. So of course, planning commission took that into consideration and instructed the builder to just move the windows. We don't mm -hmm. want any windows right there. And then that was that solved that problem, That's right? That's a great point. Um, other comments might be, well, there's gonna be not enough parking on the street, mm -hmm. right? Because where are these people gonna park? If you convert a garage into a junior ADU, you don't have to replace that parking, mm -hmm. right? That's also the difference with an ADU versus converting the garage into a living room space. You have to replace the, the parking that you that you now converted. Yep. Uh, with an ADU, you don't have to convert, you don't have to replace the parking. That's why it works in city, li in city limits or in city lots. Mm -hmm. But the neighbors could complain, well, there's not gonna be enough parking now on the street. There's gonna have two or three or four more cars now on the street, and so they can complain about that too. But there's really these things that the city really can't you know, can't deal with anything. Yeah. Can't prevent it, yeah. <laughs> there's, yeah, they can stop, you know, like what he said, move the windows, which is a great point. I've had that happen. And, you know, there's nothing much more that they can do about it. If that was their complaint, yeah, that's the way to get around it. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, there's even ways to get around the parking thing. Like, I've seen if there's a fire hydrant in San Jose, if there's a fire hydrant within a mile, uh, you don't need parking. <laughs> like, little really small hurdles you can jump over just to get past some, some requirements. So, yeah, uh, it's really, really possible to get something built in California. All right. And uh, so this may be one of the solutions to our housing crises. And when we get back from our next commercial break, let's dive into that term, housing crises, and let's see what that really means. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we have Alex Salazar and Jason Cortez here. And we've been talking ADUs and our intro music. I'm proud of that house we built. So whether you're in the main home, the second home, be proud of it. T take care of it um, be because, hey, that's your home, and that will reflect. Um, all right, so couple of times now we've heard the term housing crises mm -hmm. um alex why don't you start off what what does the housing crisis mean to you well i think um i think the common understanding of housing crisis or is that you know a it's unaffordable which mm -hmm. that's part of it um or you know like for instance there's an increase in uh, homeless people or unhoused people, right? Yeah. And that also contributes to housing crisis. Um, but I also think people think that prices will come down in a housing crisis. Mm -hmm. But I also share that a housing crash could also be lack of inventory and unaffordability, which is exactly what we're experiencing right now. I think this is a different kind of crash where we have no inventory and prices are still you know, mm -hmm. too high to afford. It's the opposite spectrum of, for instance, back in 08, when we had an abundance of inventory, right, because of foreclosures, and that price decreased significantly, mm -hmm. right? Um, opposite part of that spectrum of that housing crisis. Um, right now, it's affordability, and lack of inventory is the housing crisis. There are still people who need to need to and want to buy a home, but can't afford it. There are still people who um, maybe are unhappy with their current homes or need to move out of them because you know household has increased or decreased. 
uh, job relocations and things like that, but can't afford a higher interest rate or double the interest rate than what they have. And that's the other part of that crisis right now. So not all housing crises are alike. So in 2008, we had a different type and it affected different portions of, of the population. In 2008, we had too many homes. Correct. And then along comes this uh, inventory of foreclosure homes that were available for sale too. Right. So now it, uh, it's opposite of what's happening now. Right, a quick, complete opposite side of the spectrum, uh -huh. you know. And you know, I don't think uh, social media and the news helps the term at all because on social media and in the news, people then related to, you know, again, in 08, there were entire neighborhoods of brand new finished homes. I remember one in like New Mexico or Arizona that had to sell, right, because the builder left and built all these homes and mm -hmm. couldn't build them. But we had an abundance of new construction you know, then and that also contributed to that housing crisis. Not enough people to fill up these homes, right? <clears throat> well, we've got enough people now. Now we do, yeah. <laughs> All right. Jason, How? what does the term housing crises mean to you? So I'm going to kind of harp on what um, we just heard right now shortly. And, uh, you know, I heard two things, which was supply and demand and affordability. Uh, another, uh, you know, point of view I like to take on it is that uh, people are locked into where they live as well without the option to move because of what we just heard with supply and demand and lack of affordability. So I'm seeing people that are on a fixed income that can't afford to do anything uh, to sell their home because now they can't afford another one to go purchase. And they're on a fixed income, so they're one, one emergency away from you know getting on a bad cycle. Uh, so I've seen that happen as well. And one option that they have to me that's a no-brainer is to build. Uh, if you're able to build something in your own backyard, you're living on fixed income. Well, if you're able to walk away with the profit, now you're you're not only adding property value to your house based off the equity of your own home, and you're you know netting some more income every month. So that's the biggest biggest thing we can hope for. And you know, and I'd like to add something to uh, home sharing. So, because that can be a solution to somebody's issues. Yeah. Uh, a couple months ago, I had a client call me up saying. Um, hey, how can I borrow 25,000 bucks off my home? Mm -hmm. And he, he had plenty of equity. He's got a 3% rate. His payment is $700 a month. Goodness, wow. Wow. Uh, yeah, it, so it's like, you don't wanna lose that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But he really, uh, well, uh, he really needs some money now to pay some medical bills and some other things. Mm -hmm. So I said, let's look at other solutions and uh, you know, I said, what about talking to the collectors, seeing if you could work a, something there? He goes, well, that's what I've been doing the last couple of years. I said, all right, let's look at other ones. And that would have been a second. But now we're if he gets a HELOC, mm -hmm. that's a home equity line of credit, um, he, now he's going to up his monthly payment at, at, and probably at 10% interest or somewhere mm -hmm. around there. So that wasn't a good one. It's like, all right, you got that whole house to yourself. Yeah. How about if you share it? Yeah. And all of a sudden that became an idea. And uh, from what I understand, that's what he's pursuing now yeah. is, um, uh, you know, in this way he can rent that part out. And that would, will be inside the envelope of the home, mm -hmm. but that's uh, a possibility too, to build an ADU. Yes. 
All right. So um, the accessory dwelling units. Let, let me add, going back to your term, numbers or reasons. Mm -hmm. A lot of good reasons, like if you want to move uh, family members in to your, your home, but you want them to have a separate place. Yep. That's a good reason. Let's go to the numbers part of it. Okay. What if an investor who, who's a housing provider, maybe they've had a rental home for the last 10, 20, 30 years, mm -hmm. uh, and it's got a big enough yard to where an ADU can be put in. Tell us how that can work, because uh, now it's gonna be non-owner occupied already, the main home. Yes. The other one will be a rental to somebody else. How's all that gonna work? Well, uh, I'll kick it off, you know. <laughs> uh, to... You kick it off, then hand it off to Alex. And yes. Give, give him the tough one. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, you know, one thing I like to say that's a possibility, you know, depends where you live and what part of California. Uh, if you want to go by the, the regular, you know, rule of thumb, anyone can build an ADU and a junior ADU. Now, there is owner occupancy we need to keep in mind. So if you have to stay in the junior ADU, which could be under 500 square feet or so, you can at least rent out the huge main dwelling and you can rent out the detached ADU and try to make profit there in that sense. Uh, There's cities in like San Diego where I have a few clients right now where one of them is building four units in like a quadplex type of structure. Uh, so there is that possibility as well. All it takes is learning what can you actually do on your property. Okay. Alex, same question. Sure. So a couple of scenarios. I have um, um, an investor who owns a home in Madeira. We've renovated the original house. It's for 1,500 square feet. And there's a detached, there's two detached garages. There's a single car detached garage and a two car detached garage. And we're going to convert the two-car detached garage, it's about 440 square feet, into a two-bedroom, one-bathroom ADU. Uh, now, he's a non-owner occupied. The property's for sale, so he's going to sell it as a main home plus a junior ADU. Attracting, hopefully, another investor or who wants rental income and now has basically a duplex, if you will, right? Mm. Um, or that family that needs to a three-bedroom, one-bathroom, or two-bathroom house Bits, but I want mom and dad to live with me. I want to be together but separate. So we're going to give, you know, mom and dad their own insurance, their own yard space. We're going to separate the yard and all the amenities and all the modern uh, amenities that, that a new home would have. And that works for that particular kind of family, right? Um, second scenario might be um, where a current homeowner right now, for instance, uh, I went to the Madera County Fair just a couple weeks ago, ran into a past client, says, hey, we're interested in becoming investors now. They just purchased a home and they might have some equity. Well, what if we convert their garage into um, an ADU, right? Uh, where that could be the rental income. Now they're investors. They live in their main home, which is they want to want to do, but they don't have that 20% down to go buy a second property, right? Their income hasn't significantly changed where they can afford a second payment either. So that can be challenging, but what if we did, uh, think point. about a different alternative, which is why don't we just convert the existing space, make your landlord right now, right? Obviously let that equity build up and maybe later on you can keep that old home uh, that one that you've turned into now two homes and buy another primary residence. Now you are, you have a portfolio of real estate. So I think, mm -hmm. you know, when we talk about housing crisis and you know, that's, I think where we're at, um, you know, right now in the market, 
But on the bright side is there's all these alternatives, and I think I see some movement to get out of this crisis too. All right, now a bad thought just crossed my mind. <laughs> and But I'm gonna say it because I, I wanna make sure our, our listening public stay safe. Mm -hmm. If you own a home and somebody approaches you and says, hey, I'll go in partners with you, I'll build this ADU for you, for you but you gotta put the property in my name. Red flags go up. Major red sure. flags. Yes, so consult uh an attorney consult you know yeah. get get some help there because i would hate to see somebody sign away rights to their property so that somebody can get cheap land to build this investment home mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. all right man i hate that when i come up with these <laughs> well maybe maybe they thoughts. could use sb9 and split the lot and uh legally you can sell the other lot without selling the main lot Tell us what SB9 is. SB9 is a zoning, or not zoning, but a lot. Uh, it's a code that California released not too long ago. It's been a few years uh, where you can actually split your lot. Uh, and what that allows you to do is get up to, I think, four to f uh, six units on one property lot, as opposed to just three, which would be one main dwelling, a junior, and an ADU. Uh, now you can split the lot, build an ADU, a detached for that first house, build a second main dwelling on that second lot where you split it at, and then a, a second ADU for that second main dwelling. So it would become a separate parcel, have yes. its own parcel number. Yes. See, that's what I love about this show. Here I come up with this frightening thought, and <laughs> by seeking the right help, you get a good answer. So mm -hmm. instead of deeding over uh, the whole property, you're talking about doing a lot split, Mm -hmm. and um, creating a new parcel mm -hmm. and uh, yeah so in that case you would be selling part of your property but retaining the main part of it for exactly. yourself and and by retaining it I'm talking about that bundle of rights you yes. get when, when you buy property you have a bundle of rights and that's what you uh, you would be maintaining. Mm -hmm. So with that, we're going to go to our next commercial break. But stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And not only do we have Jason Cortez and Alex Salazar in the studio, we also have an insurance expert, an insurance expert extraordinaire, who is our board operator, and I've got to ask him a question, and that's Bobby Thistle of the Robert Thistle and Associates um, for Farmers Insurance. Good morning. Well, I already said good morning to you when you opened the gate for us. Morning, Don. Yeah, you already did. <laughs> All right. All this is fine and good about ADUs, but can you get insurance on that? Because I understand there's an insurance crisis going on. Absolutely, you can. You can definitely get insurance on ADUs. And it's, it's important to uh, communicate with your agent on what you're going to be using that ADU for, whether you're going to be renting it out or a family member is going to be staying there. But definitely, you just want to add some value to that separate structure, and you can definitely insure it. All right. But the key is you got to let your agent know. Definitely. If you're going to be adding something of value to your property, you want to make sure that structure is protected properly. All right. Well, thank you for calling me my nerves on that, Bobby. <laughs> you got it. All right. And 
speaking of adding value, how do appraisers feel about an ADU? Uh, is it like a swimming pool where you spend 30,000 bucks and get $10,000 back or uh, uh, as far as an appraiser goes? Or, and Alex, I want to start with you. How does the market react to it, the buyer? Well, you know, it, first of all, for instance, on the multiple listing service, which is where realtors put the houses for sale, right? Um, there is marketing that you can do, which is the, uh, the public's remarks where you can mark ADU, right? People are looking for, whether they're looking on, the consumer is looking for homes for sale on realtor.com, Zillow, and all those kind of things, are looking for ADU. There isn't a segment yet on those consumer sites specifically looking for properties with ADUs. It's all new still, right? Um, but the people are looking for those ADUs or that fourth room or that fourth room on the opposite side of the house. They're looking for those mm -hmm. kind of uh, properties, for example. So marketing-wise, that's how we're kind of sharing it with folks, um, you know, uh, that ADUs are out there or properties with that potential with ADUs are out there. Um, <clears throat> and appraise, uh, for appraisal value, uh, right now, the way we're approaching, especially for instance, uh, if I have an investor who can buy a home and wants to renovate it or add an additional square footage, which is that junior ADU, we're approaching it as we're going to probably get dollar for dollar back on investment. So if I spend so much money on converting an existing space or adding square footage to that existing space, I'm probably going to get just dollar for dollar value. I don't think I'm going to get any kind of return yet on my dollar and dollar investment quite yet. but. Um, the rental potential for that now increases, and that's a different kind of value for investors, right? Investors are looking mm -hmm. for a certain return on investment. So if I can get $2,000 for the main structure, another $1,800 for the additional structure, 3800 bucks, that's a pretty good return on investment depending on the purchase price. So what you're saying is maybe one of the reasons is the numbers. The numbers is the reasons, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right, Jason. Uh, what do you think about that? Well, I, I see it uh, span differently uh, throughout the state. I always tell people that ask me that it comes down to one word, comps. You know, what are the comparables in your area, maybe in surrounding zip codes, and maybe another part of the state where the property value is the same and they're able to compare it somewhat like that. So I tell people that as far as dollar value, I agree with Alex. Um, ours ranges, so it can be anywhere from 80, 90 to a dollar cents on the dollar for what you're putting into it. And that's for property value right away. So I tell everyone, if you're going to spend 200, 300, 400,000, you can expect a majority of that to come back in property value, especially in, if you're in an area where ADUs are very popular. Mm -hmm. You know, speaking of comparables, so right now to kind of handle that, because I'm thinking, okay, in the future, for example, I'm in Madeira, we don't mm -hmm. see too, too many um, mm -hmm. ADUs at the moment. And I've sparked the, or I feel like I've sparked the ADU conversation in Madeira. So we have a set of plans that have already city and county approved. And of course I have uh, examples of existing structures with uh, ADUs or detached ADUs, and we're doing new construction with junior ADUs and detached ADUs. And so I'm doing that because I also need to provide the comparables. Mm -hmm. If I can do that in multiplicity, I can now provide my comparables. You know, almost for sure try to get that dollar for dollar investment and then see if something else pops up where I can start seeing some return on the ADU investment for the future. All right, now I got a tough question from mm -hmm. both of you. Yeah. All right, so let's say you have a uh, single family lot, let, let's just say an 8,000 square foot lot 
with one home on it and it's renting for 2000 a month. Now you build an ADU and you're gonna get, let's say $1,000 a month for that second home. Does the value of the, the first home go down from 2000 a month or does it stay the same? No, I think it stays the same. And I think the numbers are a little bit better than that. Mm -hmm. So what we're sharing with our uh, clients is um, a HELOC, for example, $150,000 typical investment for restructuring or rehabbing re, uh, an existing structure um, might run you about 800 bucks a month, for example. Okay, I mean, I don't know, I'm not a lender, but this is rough idea. But rent on a one bedroom, one bathroom ADU or an apartment anywhere, it doesn't matter, in Madeira is 1500 bucks. Wow. So it's a no brainer. $800, for example, or $900 for a HELOC, home economic credit, or something like that, right? And that's a, an ugly interest rate, double digit interest rate. However, the renter could pay that back, right, in $1,500 on average rent right there. Now, so kind of going back to my example of, um, you know, existing structure, three bedroom, one bathroom, probably going to rent for about 2000 bucks, right? It's about fair rent for that size house in Madeira and in Fresno, for example. But a one bedroom, one bathroom is 1500 bucks. Two bedroom, two bathroom, probably about 1800 bucks. Another three bedroom, two bathroom detached ADU, another 2000 bucks. Okay, uh, I'm amazed. <laughs> I gotta agree. I mean, rent, rental prices are out of the roof. And, and in big cities too, I've seen, I had an investor that was from Long Beach that was charging like $3,000, $4,000 a month. I just can't believe how expensive For the rentals. ADU. Yeah, yeah, how rental prices are. And he's valuing it as a regular house. And people are moving into these. It's, it's very common. It's not something that's not doable, especially in places with higher um, income wages like the bigger cities. And I think, you know, the rental is actually why it's also sparking this interest of I want to move in mom and dad in mm -hmm. with me, but I need to find a bigger space because I already have a household full of people. So I need to find that, you know, common thing. Mm -hmm. Mom and dad might be coming from a seven, eight hundred dollar apartment or that's what they can afford or fixed income, Social Security income, whatever it might be. But rent has been has increased what double digits, 17 percent last year, I think what, eight, nine percent this year alone so far. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so $800 rent turned into $1,500 rent. I can go and do an equity credit on my home, eight, 900 bucks. Mom and dad can pay for that. And now they have a new unit. They could be with us, right? With, for the rest of their years or until things improve and I can save them, you know, for those, from those things too. Numbers All and right. reasons. So, um, as an investor who now has two units, almost like a duplex, mm -hmm. um, are there increased problems? You know, what if the two don't get along? <laughs> but that's the case in yeah. that's that's the case in any investment, yeah. you know. And that's something. Well, I work with investors, and it's never a concern <laughs> yeah. because they don't have to live in the units, right? They're gonna screen them, they're gonna run credit, they're gonna look for uh, all of those kind of things. And if they apply and they, they fit all that criteria, they get to move in. They pay the deposit, they pay rent, all good, you know? Um, but whether they get along or not get along, it's really not the investor's concern. All it's right. one of the, probably the, on, on the bottom of the totem pole. <laughs> and as problem. long as you get good people in there, good people will be good exactly. people. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Boy, am I the optimist. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we just got a couple of minutes left. Sure. Jason, what do you want 
our listeners to remember most about today's show? Uh, I want you to, uh, if you're listening to this, I want you to think about how possible this is. Uh, if you've been on the fence about doing it, uh, about moving in mom or dad, uh, someone's health is in decline, you know, the kids need a place to afford instead of anything like that, uh, you know, jump the gun and at least get a quote. Uh, even if it's multiple quotes, do your due diligence with the market and find out what's out there for you, not what you've heard from other people. So go out and find out what you can do. And for those people that are on the fence about doing this and pulling the trigger on the finance side, it's not going to get any easier. You might as well do it now and start building up more property value and get some more rental income. All right. Alex, same question. What do you want our listeners to remember most? Yeah, I think, you know, just what uh, a few things what Jason said is first and foremost, don't listen to everything that's on TikTok mm -hmm. or, or social media. Those folks are trying to predict the market so they can get boost in followers and things like that, but they don't. And it's been wrong all year and it'll continue to be wrong. If you're truly serious about or interested at least in buying or selling a home, looking at these alternatives such as ADUs to move mom and dad in uh, or extra income or to keep my house and you know keep my payment, consult with the local realtor, consult with the, the professionals like Jason, like myself, mm -hmm. who can help you and direct you and really think outside the box and give you some more solutions than what you hear on social media. All right, thank you. And the thing that I want, I'm gonna remember the most is Jason's term. It's either the numbers or the reasons. Yep. Yeah, that's so a good one. So in making decisions, think about how, how is it that you make your decisions? It's yeah. either the numbers or there's a reason for yep. it. Well, with that, uh, I want to thank both of you for coming in today. Uh, I should say all three of you since we had Bobby on the air too. Um, and, but most of all, thanks to our listeners for tuning in every Saturday. We appreciate you. Thank you and goodbye. Thanks, everybody.